Monday, April 22nd, 2019. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every single weekday, and we discuss the world of sports with a dose of common sense. We try to laugh at the sports world whenever that is possible. It's not possible every single story. But a lot of times we do get a laugh at a lot of the sports world. Hey, happy Monday to you. I hope that you enjoyed your weekend. You know, I hope that you enjoyed your Easter weekend. Maybe you got to spend some time with family or friends on Easter. Maybe you got to reflect on some more important things in life, you know, than just everyday life. There is something else out there, and I hope you were able to spend some time with family and friends on Easter and think about some of those things. And hey, maybe you got a chocolate bunny, or maybe you got some marshmallows shaped like baby birds. Maybe you had some jelly beans. All the things that make perfect sense for the resurrection of Jesus, right? Some of those things that just kind of go along with Easter. Or maybe, you know, you celebrated 420 on Saturday, the day before, with family or friends, and you reflected on the actual meaning of life. Hey, you want to get high, man? And then you really started craving that chocolate bunny. You really started craving those jelly beans, and maybe some marshmallow-shaped baby birds were chasing you as you laid on the couch eating your Funyuns. Either way, I hope that you had a good, restful weekend, and you are ready to get back after it this week. And I also hope that you remember at least some of your weekend. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, maybe tell us how you enjoyed your Easter weekend. We would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or you can go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosesports, and maybe you don't want to talk about Easter, or you don't want to talk about 420. Maybe you have a question. Maybe you have a suggestion. Maybe you just have a comment for the show you'd like to share with us. Reach out to us. We would love to hear what it is you have to say. We will always take the time to get you an answer. We just might end up using what you send in on the show as well. Also, be sure you stop by tpublic.com. You know, the Daily Dose I-Team is our investigative team here that somehow is able to track down new scoops, ultra-secret audio, a ton of highly classified information for us, and they bring it to us here at The Dose just to keep you informed. Sometimes of some information that's just not that prevalent. You can't get it anywhere else. Well, we actually have some of the Daily Dose iTeam gear over at tpublic.com. You can go over there and you can purchase your very own t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts. You can look like the Daily Dose iTeam out in the field. Just go to tpublic.com, search Daily Dose, and scroll down until you see our logo. And there you are going to find a number of Daily Dose items. We've got our Daily Dose iTeam gear, but we also do have our original Daily Dose logo gear. So make sure you stop by tpublic.com and pick up some of those things. Hey, today on the show, like we do on many Mondays, we are going to be recapping what we learned from the weekend in sports. It was a busy weekend in sports. We saw the NBA playoffs getting very interesting this weekend, and we have seen a few surprises in the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. Plus, somehow, some way, I didn't think it was possible, boxing managed to make us shake our heads once again. How does it do it every time? I'm not sure, but it does. But let's go ahead and jump in with some of the things that we did learn from the weekend. And like I said, it was 420. Now, maybe where you're at, that doesn't mean much to you. But I can tell you this. Here in Colorado, 420 was quite the event. Like I said, I don't know where you're at. But here in Colorado, we have a number now of marijuana dispensaries. And on 420, when everybody kind of celebrates, you know, the whole marijuana thing, you saw these places packed. I mean, Parking lots 
full lines waiting to get into the shops. Business was booming for 420. And I guess that was one of the things that I did learn. Oh my goodness. Everyone wanted to get out and try some green this weekend because places were busy. They had little carnivals going outside. They had lines and music playing and just a huge attraction just for the marijuana dispensaries here in Denver. It was a wild scene. There were a lot of people heading out and getting their 420 on this weekend. I definitely learned that. But let's jump into the world of sports because I'm not going to sit here and talk about marijuana the whole show. And let's start off in Major League Baseball where we learned that the New York Yankees, yeah, they just can't seem to stay healthy. Do you realize that the New York Yankees literally have like a full starting lineup of players sitting out injured already this season? Now, the Yankees are just above 500 right now. And the fact that they're even that good is actually pretty impressive when you think about all the injuries they've already had. Right now, the Yankees are without DH and outfielder Giancarlo Stanton. They don't have center fielder Aaron Hicks, catcher Gary Sanchez, shortstop Didi Gregorius, first baseman Greg Bird, shortstop Troy Tulowitzki, starting pitcher Luis Severino, and relievers Jordan Montgomery and Ben Heller. But on Saturday, the Yankees got some more bad news because right fielder Aaron Judge has now suffered a strained oblique muscle and he is out indefinitely. Hey, going into the season, we all looked at the New York Yankees and said they are a contender. Do you see that lineup? I know they've got to get some pitching. They've got to get some help in that bullpen. But that lineup is as formidable as anyone in the majors. And maybe they still will be. We'll see. But they need to get some people back. No one right now is injured like the Yankees are injured. Now, one thing I will say that could help New York in this stretch. If they somehow find a way to actually win games without all these people, it could pay off huge when we get towards the end of the summer and we get into the fall because they will have been developing a ton of depth. And that could be very, very valuable when all these players do return, but they're going to have a very tough time winning games with so many players out of the lineup. Hey, manager Aaron Boone, you have your work cut out for you. Good luck because you very well may need it. The New York Yankees are just so banged up. Hey, coming back, we still have a ton to get to today. The NBA has a brand new rivalry, and it just might end up being a good one because it is getting really ugly. Plus, one college basketball player is going to look even older next season. And I'm telling you right now, that is really saying something. Hey, just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping you need to do, whether it's for yourself, maybe you have birthdays coming up, maybe you have holidays coming up, just remember you might want to head over to lootcrate.com forward slash daily dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. April's Loot Crate theme is now out. It is called Showdown. When the time for talking is over and there are scores to be settled, these pop culture heavy hitters are always ready for a showdown. Hey, join us as we celebrate iconic battles with epic gear. April's Loot Crate theme features items from Captain Marvel, Aquaman, and Godzilla, King of the Monsters. But remember, if none of those franchises interest you, you can always go over to Loot Crate. You can choose from a selection of crates. You can get a monthly subscription of crates that'll arrive in your mailbox every month. Or you can just go over there and order individual items. And remember, they have a ton of things. 
in any franchise that you can think of. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, make sure you type daily dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for listening to the Daily Dose. So let's continue with what we learned from the weekend in sports and let's shift over to hockey. I know we don't talk a ton of hockey here on the Dose, but it is Stanley Cup playoff season. And when we do get to the playoffs, yes, call me a bandwagoner. Call me just a playoff hockey fan. I'm fine with that. I'm not ashamed of that. I am totally okay with saying, yeah, I don't watch the season. It's way too long. But come playoffs, I'll watch some Stanley Cup hockey because it is as entertaining as a sporting event gets. And we learned this weekend that the Stanley Cup playoffs have been full of surprises already. And we're just in the opening round. But do you realize that now both the top seeds in the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, yeah, they're already gone. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the team with the most regular season points, with all of their scoring punch, everyone was looking at Tampa Bay and saying, hey, if there's a Golden State Warriors team in the Stanley Cup playoffs, it is those Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, they didn't just get beat in their opening round series. They got smoked. They got swept in four straight games by the Columbus Blue Jackets. And honestly, it really wasn't even close. Columbus won those four games by a combined score of 19 to 8. But here's the thing. It wasn't just the Lightning getting sent home way earlier than we all thought they would. The Western Conference top seed, the Calgary Flames, they also got pummeled by a younger, faster Colorado Avalanche team. This time, yes, they managed to win a game, but they still got beat in five games. After the Flames dominated game one against Colorado, and they did it easily four to nothing, the Avalanche found some amazing goaltending behind Philip Grubauer and won the next four straight games in a row again pretty easily. Colorado just looked faster. I know Nathan McKinnon is just a jet, but the entire team just looked faster. They just looked better. And then you got quality goaltending from Grubauer. The Avs won those four games after game one, again, by a combined score of 17 to seven. So the top two seeds on both sides, gone. And not just gone, beaten handily. What in the world is going on in the NHL? Hey, I know that hockey is one of those games where you might have a better team than your opponent, but if they get great goaltending, good luck because you're just kind of at the mercy of what your goaltender does. Maybe both Calgary and Tampa Bay were more talented than Columbus and Colorado, but it didn't make any difference because both teams got quality goaltending and both teams went out and dominated the higher seed. It does though make me wonder, is the point system and like the divisional qualifying system and all that, is that really working in the NHL? Because I know I've talked about that here before. I look at the way you qualify for the playoffs in the NHL and it just makes you scratch your head. Like it doesn't make any sense. Okay, we're going to break down these divisions and then the top one in the division, you get one seed and then second seed, you get the... I don't want things broken up by divisions. I want the best teams. I don't care about anything else. If you want to split them in conferences so you have that final, that's fine. If you don't want to go to just, you know, one through 16, I understand it. But when you break everything down by division you really do run the risk of not getting the best teams in. And that is all I'm concerned about. Get the best teams in. And we saw this year, the top seeds, the highest point getters in the NHL, they're already 
out. They're already finished. And as a result, hey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are wide open. I don't have any idea who's going to win that thing because we just saw the lowest seeds not just win, win easily. Hey, for all we know, the two low seeds are going to win the entire thing. Stanley Cup playoffs are going to be highly, highly interesting. Shifting over to college basketball, and I know the season just ended and we don't have a ton of news going on over there, but we did learn that the Big Ten's 2018 Player of the Year, Michigan State guard Cassius Winston, he's actually going to come back for his senior season. Who saw that coming? In this era, at this time, when you are able to jump to the NBA, you jump to the NBA. Hey, Winston led the Spartans to a Final Four berth this past season. He averaged nearly 19 points a game and seven and a half assists per game. Head coach Tom Izzo said he encouraged the point guard to explore his NBA options, but Winston said over the weekend he just feels like he has more to accomplish before he leaves East Lansing. And he could really accomplish some things. Because when you look at that Michigan State team, they have got a lot of talent coming back. That is a loaded squad. If everyone comes back that right now says they're coming back, hey, Michigan State's going to be a load. They're not going to lose very many players. And now, think about this. Cassius Winston could be even better than he was last year. He could be more of a veteran. He could be a little bit more crafty. He could have a little more, uh, what would we call it, old man game to him. And that is pretty amazing when you think of Cassius Winston having more experience, being a little bit more of a veteran, having a little more old man game to him because he already looks like he's 84 years old out there. He's just smart. He doesn't move well. He can't jump. He can't run. But Cassius Winston just gets things done because he's smarter than everyone else and he understands how to play the game. But I mean, dude does already look like he's got next with Uncle Drew. He's just got that old man quality about him. But hey, he's going to come back and he's going to do it again. And I will not be surprised to see Cassius Winston and Michigan State go very, very deep in the tournament because that kid knows how to win. Speaking of Uncle Drew, Let's shift over to the NBA because the NBA playoffs are rolling and they are getting pretty interesting. We learned over the weekend that while we might not have been expecting all that much from the Boston Celtics, I don't know, they kind of seem to have found their stride. Or, and I'm just going to kind of throw out this alternative, maybe the Indiana Pacers finally turned into the team that we thought they would be without Victor Oladipo. And I actually think it was a little bit of both. The Celtics swept the Pacers out of the NBA Eastern Conference first round. We knew Boston was by far more talented than Indiana. But they sure hadn't been showing all the talent that they have lately. Do you realize that Boston had actually lost 12 of their final 25 games coming down the stretch? They were looking good. And going into the playoffs, you could tell that Boston fans were starting to like get a little bit nervous. Because... They were already starting to pull the, oh, we're going to lose. We're probably going to get swept. We have no chance in the first round. Indiana's going to beat us. You know how they do. You know how Boston fans kind of do that? Like they do with the Patriots every single year. Oh, Tom Brady's getting old. Have you seen our defense? We don't have anything. We can't even get sacks. We can't run the football. We'll probably get beat in the wild card round. And then they go on to win the Super Bowl and they do the same thing. Oh, did you see touchdown Tommy again with the greatest of all time? Yeah, that's not what you were saying like a month ago. You were already preparing for the worst. Same thing's happening right here. Boston looked bad coming down the stretch. 
We wondered maybe Indiana could give them a series. No, they didn't. They couldn't give them a series at all. In fact, they really, really struggled down the stretch. You could see that Indiana really did miss Victor Oladipo in those playoff games. They didn't know what to do in clutch times in the game. They weren't sure who to pass to. Who's going to take over? Who is going to be the guy that says, give me the ball. I will take care of it. I will get us a bucket when we have to have it. And as a result, Indiana just kind of fell apart. They struggled down the stretch. The game would be close. And then you would see late, Boston would just pull away. Now it is going to get interesting though, because the Celtics are most likely going to be facing the Milwaukee Bucks in the next round who are cruising past the Detroit Pistons. And I have a sneaking suspicion that the Milwaukee Bucks are going to give Boston all they want. That is a team that seems to be figuring some things out and they are having some big time success. And I know it's against Detroit, but that Boston-Milwaukee series, if that comes to fruition, and I think it will, that is going to be very, very interesting. Hey, I still think Boston has more talent than Milwaukee. Boston has as much talent as anyone in the East. They just don't always act like it. They just don't always play like it. And as a result, I think that that could be a very, very close series. Staying in the NBA, we learned that we have a new rivalry out East that is developing in the NBA because it sure looks like the Philadelphia 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets hate each other's guts with a passion. Of course, the Nets surprised everyone when they came out last weekend and they whooped the 76ers in game one. And since then, things have just gotten more and more heated. And these two teams, yeah, they genuinely dislike each other. Sixers big man Joel Embiid elbowed the Nets' Jarrett Allen in the face in the Sixers' win in Game 2. And then, when he was asked about it in the press conference afterwards, he just busted out laughing about it. Like, he didn't even care. They said, well, was it intentional? He just laughed at the whole thing. So you knew Brooklyn couldn't have been thrilled with that. Then, you had Brooklyn Nets fans posting missing signs all around the Barclays Center prior to Game 3, saying that no one had seen Sixers big man Ben Simmons jumper anytime recently. Okay, I see you, Brooklyn Nets fans. I get it. Well done. I mean, pretty good thought. Missing Ben Simmons jumper. Hey, that's kind of funny. I'll give them a little bit of credit for that. But then Ben Simmons actually got the last laugh because he dropped 31 points on them and the Sixers won again. But then... In Game 4 over the weekend, all of this rivalry stuff came to an ugly head as Sixers guard Jimmy Butler ended up getting ejected in the third quarter after Embiid gave Jared Dudley this time a very hard foul and the ensuing kind of, you know, NBA fight. Not really a fight, but kind of pushing and shoving and a lot of hold me back, you know, that kind of stuff. It spilled kind of into the crowd at the Barclays Center. And then, after the game, Joel Embiid called Dudley a nobody, and once again, Philadelphia got another win. They are now one win away from moving forward. And I know probably today, you're going to hear a lot of you know sports people, you're going to hear a lot of media people talking about, I'm not sure that this fight and this rivalry is a good thing. Too much trash being talked. These guys need to just focus on the game and focus on the series and focus on their opponent and put all that stuff aside. I gotta be honest, I'm kind of liking it. I'm kind of enjoying the fact that these two teams actually hate each other, that they really want to beat each other. I think they kind of want to fight each other. And I'm totally okay with that. You know, back in the day, and I don't want to go all old man, get off my lawn. 
I really don't. But right now, we kind of have this whole AAU mentality. Oh, yeah, I play against you every summer, and we played on traveling teams together, and maybe we played against each other, but hey, before the game, we give each other some dap, we give each other a hug, and we all kind of like each other. Yes, we'll try to win the game, but we all kind of like each other. We're all kind of buddies. I'll be honest, I kind of hate that stuff. I really, really liked when Michael Jordan walked onto the floor against the Detroit Pistons. Like, I hate these guys. I want to beat these guys. And if I could, I would fight these guys. I'm okay with that kind of mentality. You don't have to be buddies, and you certainly don't have to be best friends between the lines. Hey, if off the court, you guys want to be cool with each other, that's fine. But when we step between the lines, we don't have any friends. I don't care who you are. I don't care who we played with. I am trying to beat you. I do not care what happens off the court. But on the court, you are not my friend. We are not boys. And I'm kind of liking the idea that Philadelphia and Brooklyn, I mean, they're kind of practicing that. We don't like you. We don't care if you know that we don't like you. We're not going to play nice. We're not going to pretend to be friends. I don't like you. You don't like me. Let's go. Bring it. Now, I think the Sixers are going to get past this round. I don't think that's going to be an issue. But here's the thing. The Philadelphia 76ers are a good young team. The Brooklyn Nets are kind of a surprisingly good young team. This rivalry could be around for a while. And that's not a bad thing. Because just think, next year, the first time the Sixers and the Nets, two teams that, hey, do any of us nationally care about? Probably not. If you're a Nets fan, you do. If you're a Sixers fan, you do. But other than that, we don't really care. Oh, but when they play each other next year for the first time, yeah, I'm probably going to tune in because there just might be a fight because these two teams don't like each other. And in this era, we don't see that very often. And I kind of like it. We did also learn in the NBA playoffs that the Denver Nuggets, my hometown team, they are capable of winning a game in San Antonio, Texas. What? Honestly, who knew? Now, you might hear that and you think, well, what's the big deal? I mean, you go down to San Antonio, play the Spurs, beat the Spurs. The Spurs haven't been that great lately. Why wouldn't you be able to do that? Well, it hasn't happened at all. The Denver Nuggets have not won in San Antonio since March 4th, 2012. Kids, that was seven years ago. That was a little over seven years ago. The Nuggets were led in that game by Ty Lawson and Al Harrington, just to kind of give you an idea of when that was, who managed to somehow outscore Tony Parker and Tim Duncan in a 99-94 defensive struggle. Well, on Saturday, down 2-1 to one in their series with the Spurs, the Nuggets went into San Antonio. They beat the Spurs 117-103 to in a game that they had to have. You can't go down 3-1. to one. The series would have been over. Now, the series is even with three games remaining, and two of those games are going to be played in Denver. You know, last week, we had basketball coach Russ McKinstry on the show, and I asked him, what he expected from Spurs coach Greg Popovich. How is he going to have the Spurs play the Nuggets? And here's what Max said. He said he would force them to put the ball on the floor, prove they were tough enough to grind out a tough physical win. Well, I mean, Mac nailed it because that is exactly what the Spurs have been doing and the Nuggets have been struggling to respond. They've been impatient. They've settled for easy jump shots. They don't want to drive inside. Someone might bump me. I don't want to do that. I'll just knock down this outside jumper. Yeah, no, you won't. You're not that good of a shooter. And in the playoffs, a lot of times those shots don't fall. 
And Denver has really struggled defensively in this series. Well, on Saturday, Nuggets head coach Mike Malone said the Nuggets need to be more physical. So he dropped Chucker Will Barton from the starting lineup. And instead, he went with the more defensive Torrey Craig. And it kind of worked. Craig played far better defense than Will Barton would have. And he did manage to score 18 points himself. He went 5 of 7 from 3-point land. It kind of seems like Malone is realizing, hey, the Nuggets have to play tougher basketball, just like Russ McKinstry said on the Daily Dose last week. Now, can they do it again in Game 5? Because I don't think Denver can go to San Antonio again with the series on the line and have to get another win. This series, though, has been extremely interesting to watch. You've got some interesting player matchups in Nikola Jokic and LaMarcus Aldridge, and you have some very interesting coaching matchups between Mike Malone and Greg Popovich. You kind of got a chess game going back and forth here, with Popovich having the more veteran, smarter, wiser team, and Malone having the way more talented, but young and dumb and immature, and let's just go ahead and say it, soft team. And we're going to see which coach can get his players to do what they need to do to get that Game 5 win. Because I really do think whoever wins Game 5 in this series is probably going to win it all. I really think this series is going to be headed for 7 games though. Fun series of Nuggets and the Spurs. It's been fun to watch. We did also learn in those NBA playoffs that despite the loss of big man DeMarcus Cousins in Game 2 of the Golden State Warriors loss to the Los Angeles Clippers... Yeah, the Warriors are still getting contributions from other players, and they are rolling once again. The Warriors gave up a 31-point lead in that Game 2 loss last week, and of course, DeMarcus Cousins left the game with a torn quad. He's probably done for the rest of the year. But you started to hear those mumbles. Hey, the Warriors might be in trouble. This could be different. We haven't seen this. We know that bench isn't very deep. Yeah, maybe but it doesn't look like it just yet. The Warriors won both games in Los Angeles against the Clippers, and now they're up 3-1, to one, heading back home, thanks to getting some good play from guys who you know are good players, but they've got to step up. Klay Thompson had 32 points in Sunday's Game 4 win, and Andre Iguodala, since DeMarcus Cousins has gone out, hey, he scored 15 in Game 3, and then he scored another 10 in Game 4, and he just does a lot of those dirty work plays that maybe you can't find other guys to do. He gets those rebounds. He goes and tracks down offensive boards. He gets a key block or a key steal here or there. And again, the Warriors are just the Warriors. We will see if in the next round, maybe Houston has something for them. And that could be very interesting. But right now, yeah, the Warriors aren't in any trouble in that first round. That next round of the NBA playoffs is going to be extremely interesting, by the way. We've got a number of matchups shaping up that are going to be very, very interesting to watch. We will get you ready for all those matchups. But the NBA playoffs, I think it's kind of fun this year because Golden State isn't just this huge, huge favorite. Yes, they're still a favorite. And yes, they are still the team to beat. But there are a couple of teams out there that may actually have a series for them. And we haven't seen that lately. They've just been plowing through everyone that's been really fun to watch. Finally, we learned one final thing this weekend in sports, and we learned that just when we think boxing can't get any more weird, uh, somehow it does. I don't even know how. On Saturday night, welterweight champion Terrence Crawford fought challenger Amir Khan for his welterweight title belt. And again, you just saw boxing be weird. I won't even say necessarily bad, just 
odd and disjointed and not really that well thought out. For one, Crawford, who always starts a little slow in his fights, he knocked Amir Khan down in the first round, which is kind of weird because not only does Crawford always start slow, Khan always starts fast. No, Khan was down in the first round and he just about had him out. Like he was out on his feet. He just barely survived the round. Then Crawford hurt Khan again in the second round and Khan was staggering around and looking like he was in trouble. But Khan actually fought back in the third round and he looked like maybe he would make this fight competitive because it hadn't been competitive to this point. He caught Crawford with a couple of punches and you wondered, hey, maybe he's going to get back in this. But in the fourth, which I thought Khan actually probably won the round, he hurt his right hand and now you're starting to go, he doesn't look like he's going to throw that right hand anymore. He might be in some serious trouble. Crawford hurt Khan again in the fifth round, but then we got to the sixth round and what can you say? Boxing did what boxing does. Crawford hits Khan with a very, very low blow that clearly hurt Khan. And the ref stopped the fight and gave Khan his five minutes allotment to recover from the low blow. But then uh, something happened. Either Khan couldn't fully recover, which is what he said, because he was already hurt. He was already staggered a number of times. Maybe he just felt like he was getting beat up and there was no reason to go on. Or maybe his corner stepped in and said, hey, We can already see which direction this fight is going in. Let's save our guy. Let's not get him hurt. Let's throw in the towel. Either way, they said that Khan could not fight any further. So they told the ref he is unable to continue. Fight has to stop. So they stopped the fight. And Terrence Crawford was awarded a sixth round technical knockout. Needless to say, the crowd at Madison Square Garden was not pleased. They booed both fighters when the fight was called. And hey, I understand it. You spend all that money, you don't want someone to quit the fight. And it's even weirder when they quit the fight with those circumstances. I mean, maybe Khan really did suffer, I don't know, an injury to a place that no one wants to get injured. Or maybe he just felt like he was going to lose the fight, so it was time for him to duck out. But it is also weird to see a guy like Terrence Crawford basically win the fight on what was by all accounts an illegal punch. I mean, the ref called an illegal punch, and that is how the fight ends, Crawford winning on an illegal blow. But, I mean, that's just boxing for you, isn't it? It never makes any sense, and it usually angers the fans that stay with it, just hoping to see it kick its old, filthy, disgusting habits, but it just never happens. Boxing almost always manages to stick its proverbial foot into its own mouth, or in Amir Khan's jock, I mean, whatever. That's just how boxing goes. Hey, tomorrow on the show, we will, of course, be bringing you the latest and greatest in the world of sports news. And then, don't forget, with the 2019 NFL Draft beginning on Thursday, we will be getting you ready and letting you know what you should expect from Nashville, Tennessee, on Thursday and into the weekend as the NFL gets ready to pick a new class of players. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to The Daily Dose on your Monday. For all of you that share the show, thank you so much. We can't do this without you because, I mean, we're not going out renting billboards, getting ads in magazines. We can't do that. You are going out and letting a friend, a family member, or a co-worker know about The Daily Dose, and we appreciate that so much. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a great Monday.